If we hadn't been on Shopify when the pandemic began, we would likely not be here. It allowed us to respond to that huge surge of e-commerce demand that we got in 2020. You know, just a whole bunch of innovation and iteration. Welcome to Learn with Shopify. I'm Shwang Esther Shan. Having multiple sales channels to generate revenue has never been more important for small businesses, especially in the food industry where sales have been so unpredictable with all the shutdowns and reopenings. This was a big challenge for Propeller Coffee. It's a coffee roaster based in Toronto that relied heavily on wholesale. Their pivot online really helped the business, and it's a great model for anyone looking to expand their business. I'm joined today by Lose Taitong, the company's founder, and Aaron Zak, VP of Sales, Marketing, and Strategic Projects. We're going to kick things off with you, Lose. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Good to be here. So Propeller Coffee used to be a wholesale business and you guys pivoted online. But for yourself, actually, you had a career in the Navy and also in consulting. Uh, Tell us what drew you to the coffee industry. After uh, about 15 years of consulting and being very, very much kind of cerebral, you know, in spreadsheets and in our heads and on whiteboards, it really was about a pivot to something much more local, something much more tangible, bricks and mortar, and in the community. And not just writing strategies and business plans, but actually executing on them. So that was a big part of the kind of origin for why Propeller. And a big part of your value system is the farmers and having those direct relationships. Tell us how you establish those relationships and why it's so important to source from these farmers. Yeah, no, that's a huge part of it. So our three core values as a company are quality, sustainability, and community. And that set of relationships that you're asking about with the farmers kind of cuts through all three of them because they're so intertwined. Great coffee is grown by farmers who care and who care not only about the plants and the coffee and the kind of environment that they're grown in, but also about their workers and about the community that they're growing their coffee in. And for us, it's just, it's so important to have those relationships that are multi-year with the same families, the same farms, and the same communities, because it means not only are we investing in those communities and making sure that they get a really good, stable market to get their coffee to, it also means that they're able to invest back in a sustainable way into what they're doing in their communities, whether that be schools, water projects, soil remediation and other things that ensures that the coffee will be there for generations to come. And so, you know, in terms of how did we get those relationships, it's tough because we're a small Canadian roaster based in the West End of Toronto. And so really we need to work kind of upstream through our community of suppliers and brokers and other intermediaries to find those farmers and make those connections. So In the eight years that we've been roasting, just almost eight and a half years, we've now got relationships with a wonderful family farm in Brazil that has been winning Cups of Excellence Awards in Brazil for, you know, 25 plus years. Uh, We've got about a six or seven year relationship with a wonderful farmer in southeastern Guatemala 
and, you know, into Ethiopia. You know, it really is about just kind of like any set of relationships. You know, you meet some friends who then introduce you to their friends and, um, and then, you know, if it clicks, it clicks and you keep going back and uh, all those good things come. So once you had those direct relationships with farmers, how did you go about building up the production facility and ensuring the quality control of your coffee? Yeah. So we really wanted to be truly local and kind of my guiding light when I was looking for the space was I didn't want to be 905 or 519 or 705. And for anybody that's not from the area, those are all kind of the surrounding area codes for the areas around Toronto. And uh, nothing wrong with being 519 or 705 or 905. We've got lots of great customers in those codes. But um, we really wanted to be kind of in the city, close to what are probably 60 to 70% of our customers still to this day. Um, and we wanted to be accessible. We wanted to be close to transit. We wanted to be kind of within 20 minutes of downtown. But we also wanted enough space that we could create that platform for quality, the sustainability, and the community aspects of the business. So after about a year and a half, two years of searching kind of old industrial neighborhoods all through the city, I ended up finding this little old factory that had been around for about 100 years. And for about three or four years, it had sat empty. They'd gutted it. They'd tried to turn it into work-live lofts, and it just it wasn't zoned correctly. So the city shut down the project. So it basically gave us a blank slate, 10,000 square feet, about 15 minutes from downtown, about 100 yards from, I think they say it's the most transit-rich intersection in the country. Mm -hmm. So we've got Go, we've got subways, we've got buses, we've got bike paths, we've got everything around us. And we had a blank slate. So we were able to turn it into a super sustainable zero footprint roasting facility, cafe and kind of event space in the front coffee lab and education area in the middle, and then the roasting and warehouse production area in the back. And we're able to do all those things, have the cafe, do the roasting, do the lab work. And then in the evenings and weekends, it gets a whole second life as a event space for weddings and uh, chef's dinners and community events and all sorts of other things. It's a beautiful space, and I've learned how to pour lattes there. Yeah. Um, so tell us why the learning hub aspect of Propeller is so important as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, learning is fundamental to humans, and I think we all love learning in whatever field or domain we kind of either work in or, you know, apply our craft in. In coffee in particular, all of those good things happen along the value chain from kind of when the first seedlings are planted and nurtured and, you know, the beans are harvested and processed. And I just kind of in 20 seconds or 15 seconds described years of hard work. And then we get the beans, we roast them. And then, you know, the, I think primarily the education we're talking about here is kind of as a barista. And so in that last 35 to 40 seconds of the life of that bean, you can either make or break that coffee. And so for us, the training is just such a huge aspect of it because, you know, learning how to calibrate, learning how to dial in, um, to extract the perfect shot, steam the perfect milk, craft the perfect drink, all of that 
is just something that I think people, A, love to do, and B, get a real sense of mastery if they kind of learn those skills. And we love it, our customers, because we have both our retail customers and then, as you mentioned earlier, our wholesale customers. It's a huge part of what we do for the restaurants and the cafes and even the offices that we work with is sharing that knowledge and those skills and then getting people started or, you know, moved along on their journeys. So with over eight years in operations, uh, you've reached over seven figures in annual sales. Can you share about some of the big milestones that you feel like really propelled Propeller Coffee to the next stage? Great wordplay. We, um, we actually used to have the word propel and the Oxford English Dictionary definition of it kind of just tucked in underneath the back of every bag, and then it would be rolled down. But that is the idea, is that whole idea of kind of powered by or propelled by uh, propeller. Uh, get your day started, your week going. The first one that I can't stress enough, if you're going to be in bricks and mortar, location, location, location. So that milestone was huge. Being super kind of intentional about it was uh, really key to our success because I think just being accessible and not being out in an industrial park somewhere out in the suburbs was really key. Getting our cafe license was another big key because we were an industrial area. We weren't zoned to be commercial, so we had to get that little exemption for the cafe part of the facility. And if anybody ever wants to talk about uh, committees of adjustment and zoning variances, give me a shout, drop me an email. We're happy to talk that through because it is possible, you know, especially in these days of transition, especially post-COVID. I think governments everywhere are looking to help businesses with that kind of thing. Um, so those were two key milestones. I think the third one was we were about two and a half, almost three years old, and we ended up winning Roaster of the Year. And, you know, Roast Magazine, Connie Bloomhart and her team down in Portland, Oregon, they do an incredible job with the magazine and then with a daily email service called Daily Coffee News. If you are into coffee, just sign up for the newsletter. It's absolutely awesome. And they run this program called Roaster of the Year. They kind of do it both to acknowledge and recognize great work, but I think, you know, the real magic of it is to push those of us in the industry to really aspire to do more. And so we submitted an application. We didn't in a million years think we'd win, especially being as young as we were and with as many great roasters as there are around the world. And that year was the biggest pool of applicants. I think there were a couple hundred from all around the world. And we won based on our story of triple commitment to quality, sustainability, and community, and a bunch of the work that we'd been doing. That really helped because suddenly we were on the radars of, you know, coffee people down in the States, coffee people internationally, and Canadians, I think we're great at acknowledging success in our community once an American or once somebody internationally has said we're doing a good job. And so that, I think that even helped us here at home. So... That was a big milestone. And then, you know, one of the other super important milestones for us was when COVID kind of hit all of us and all of our communities. Um, we went from being largely a wholesale business, 85-ish uh, percent of our business was wholesale, supplying cafes, restaurants, offices, specialty grocery and others. And almost overnight in that week uh, in March two years ago, 80 to 85 percent of that business crashing. And we went online. And, you know, we've shared this with some of your colleagues in various other groups that we've had a chance to meet with. But 
had we not been on Shopify and we had just moved over to Shopify from a bespoke kind of custom web store in the fall of 2019. Uh, so we moved over the retail store, I think in like September or October of 2019, and then the wholesale store in November, December. If we hadn't been on Shopify when the pandemic began, we would likely not be here. It allowed us to kind of really quickly respond to that kind of huge surge of e-commerce demand that we got in kind of late March and early April of 2020. And it allowed us to then, you know, implement a subscription program, implement a loyalty program, you know, just a whole bunch of innovation and iteration that had we been on the old custom platform, we'd be, you know, dead in the water. As I've said to a few of your colleagues, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our platform and being a part of the merchant base. So I'm very excited to chat with Aaron Zach, your director of growth on all of the e-commerce migration. Um, But before we get to there, I wanted to ask about how you establish relationships with other retailers for a wholesale business, um, because you power a lot of other cafes and retail within the city. I think anybody who is in marketing or sales or has a growth kind of mandate in any company, whether it's coffee or otherwise, Really, you've got two big ways of growing. You can be really good at passively receiving kind of what we would call inbound queries. Through the website, they come in. We use Shopify and then a platform called Pipedrive that you guys integrate with. That's a lead management tool. And we've become really good at doing what we call wholesale account request responses. And so, you know, that's one work stream. The other one that is kind of, again, that constant tension or the challenge is to never rest on the laurels of those inbound inquiries and to just get out there. And we call it our ground game. Always trying to get out there, um, talking with new cafes, new restaurants, existing ones, whatever it is, and just getting out there, sharing our story, sharing samples, connecting with people and seeing if it's a fit. And I think the other thing that, you know, we've learned in our eight and a half years is not everyone's a great fit. So, you know, no isn't necessarily the worst answer. It might be a really good answer and it might not be no forever, but no for now. So, yeah, we spend a ton of time doing that. The other thing that we've really learned through the pivot to e-commerce and retail e-commerce is just the importance of awareness and getting out there. You know, it it's meaningful for wholesale, obviously, but for retail, you know, whenever we think, oh boy, you know, like it's saturated. We find people who say, hey, I never have heard of Propeller or, man, I love your coffee. You know, how long have you guys been around? Did you just start recently? And then it's just, it really kind of reinforces just the importance of getting your message out there and finding ways to do that. And can you share a little bit about your storytelling and I guess your customer education that really resonates with people? Yeah, um, I think in terms of, you know, what is the nature of our storytelling, You know, you always hear and read about the importance of authenticity. And I think it's a big word and it's a super important word, but at its heart, it's about, you know, being true to who we are and being true to what our values are. And so the way we've decided to focus on kind of our storytelling is just to be, 
kind of as nerdy as we are in our storytelling. So there's a lot of facts and a lot of education and information about our coffee or our processes or, you know, whatever it is we're talking about. And then for it to try to be focused on, you know, whatever the topic is and not so much on ourselves, like people want to hear a little bit about us, but mostly I think they want to be learning. They want to be growing, developing their skills. So um, kind of nerdy and in a nerdy way, fun as well are the two kind of key elements of our storytelling. Amazing. Looking forward, are there any future projects you can share with us? Yeah. um, Starting at the beginning of COVID, um, one of the things that we did as a team was we said, you know, what does this mean? This whole thing that we're going through kind of as individuals, as a company, collectively, and as a society. And then we said, you know, what does that mean for our industry? What does it mean for us as a company? And where can we try to find or, you know, where do we see some opportunities in there? And one of the key things that we saw was, and I think it's, you know, every single day of the pandemic in some way, shape or form, it's kind of shown itself to be true. I think COVID has just shown how intrinsically unfair and unequal huge swaths of the economy and the system and society are. And an idea that we'd been percolating a little bit before COVID for maybe a couple of years was this idea of citizen coffee. So a coffee brand that was focused around the core tenets of citizenship and kind of inclusiveness and equality and kind of all the good things that I think we all value in society. And um, so what does that mean for coffee? It was initially going to be a cafe brand. So, you know, Citizen Cafes owned and operated by baristas with Propeller Backend. We're launching that now as a new coffee brand that's going to be CPG. So it's going to be in the stores. It's going to be focused around all those good things that Propeller cares about. So environmental sustainability, food security, the direct trade relationships, the quality but also it's going to have a really cool element of profit sharing. And eventually when we spin it out as its own company, um, shared equity amongst the team. And so super excited about that and a few others that we're working on. Amazing. I'm excited for Citizen Coffee. To, a new Shopify store. Yes. And also seeing it in retail stores as well. Super cool. Thank you so much, Lose, for being here. Lose Taitong is the founder of Propeller Coffee. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.